0: Hey, everyone. We're here with Derek Thorne tonight. Derek, thank you so much for your time. It means a lot to us. Uh, you had quite the trip over there. Uh, we did. We're here in one piece, thankfully. Pensacola,
1: Florida. A little bit of, We got a little bit of California here now, so hopefully the rest of the week goes as smooth as our trip did.
2: Hi, Derek. How are you doing? You ain't got no jet lag or nothing like that, do you? <laughs> no.
1: Fortunately not. The timing is about right. It's about bedtime anyway, so it's. Uh, we got here just in time to... to to rest and recoup a little bit. The weather's not looking real good for tomorrow's test, so um, hopefully we can take today and tomorrow and, and recoup and, and fire off when the weather clears up a little bit.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about your year so far uh, racing out west there. Uh,
1: it's been probably the best year we've had so far. You know, we started off the season in February and won what they call the All-Star Showdown in uh, Irwindale, California for SRL Southwest Tour, which is a series we race out there on the West Coast and uh twenty five thousand bucks we got that right off the right off the bat and uh fortunately, the season really hasn't slowed down for us we've been um, I think of this of the eight races we've run we've won seven of them um, last weekend's most recent one was in Vegas um, for um, it's the retro custom medals one thirty seven and actually it was it was a ten thousand a win plus you. Won an awesome looking. It was like a replica. It was at a Bali's Casino out of Vegas, but it was a slot machine, a working, functioning quarter slot machine. So we were able to add another cool trophy to our trophy case at the shop. So, all in all, the season went good. Everything's been going good so far, and we're, we went to Nashville, which didn't go as, as what we'd hoped. It was uh, we had the speed. We led like 204 laps, and I got caught up with a uh, kid there late in the race. Ended up in the fence, and uh, from the time we left Nashville to now, it has been nonstop chaos at the shop trying to get our cars that we want to bring here 100% ready to go. So um, Vegas last weekend was a good a good rebound for us after Nashville. i looking forward to this, this week's festivities at the
0: Derby. You have four, uh, soon to be five, SRL Spears Southwest Tour Championships you're also a two-time NASCAR k and Pro Series West champion. Just a guy with a ton of talent, a lot of accolades, heading over to the Snowball Derby this uh, upcoming weekend. Uh, yeah, actually,
1: we, we sealed the deal on the fifth one this last weekend. We, we had enough points racked up. A couple guys came down with COVID, actually. The guy was second in points. Um, Lenny White, he unfortunately came down with it. So because of that, at Vegas, with the amount of points I gained on him because he wasn't able to make it, we actually – Um, Don't have to show up to the final race of the season per se to seal the deal on the championship, but it's kind of comes down to, I'm in a position in my career. I have been for the last 10 years where I don't really have the finances to do it. So I've been given amazing opportunities by some amazing people. Byron and Carol Campbell have been having me drive for them for the last 10 years in the 43. And I've been able to go run some absolutely amazing events and races such as the Derby, the all American 400, the, the winter showdown, the summer showdowns. I've been able to travel around the country and race against some of the best guys in the country. So it's, as a driver, from a driver's perspective, you couldn't ask for any more than that. And then Mike Keen, who's a crew chief on the 43, he, uh, he's he been with Byron longer than I have. And I feel like we've really grown as a team um, on and off the racetrack. And I think that, um, you know, from a success standpoint, we've been really fortunate to have the success we've had, the people we've had. And, you know, it's, this is probably our fifth or sixth time coming to the Derby, you know, and- it's just as tough, but um, it's always nice coming with a group of people you know you can be competitive with, and, you know, all you ever shoot for at the Derby is just a have.
2: Yeah, Derek, uh, I was looking at your resume, you know. <laughs> you're, uh, you know, like Bubba Pollard tears up the south and Majeski runs the Midwest. You're, you're the dude from the southwest down there. I even see you got a championship on dirt even.
1: <laughs> we did. I, back in when I was younger, you know, I grew up racing uh, – They're called a mini world of super outlaws at the time, but it's kind of what everybody's racing now. So it's like the QRC carts you see, at like Millbridge Speedway or like Red Bluff, California, um, like where QRC started and stuff like that. Those winged um, carts, you know, from five horsepower, you get the 125 cc's, you get the open class, the 250s and the 500s. But I grew up racing those. I grew up on dirt doing that um, from the time I was eight to about when I was 13. And then when I was 13, my dad transitioned me into asphalt. So I got a couple 125cc championships um, in my
0: younger years. I was probably 10 or 11. You also are a well-traveled guy, not only going to the Derby, but you've also uh, raced up here in the Midwest a little bit, specifically Milwaukee Mile and Oktoberfest. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience traveling the country, including those two places. So I met when I was living in uh, California,
1: uh, my girlfriend from high school, she had, uh, her parents had some good friends in town and their son happened to live in, uh, Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. And I got to know him pretty well. Um, I was racing superlates on the West coast, but like, I might as well have been in a little tiny Island cause no one had ever heard of me. No one had ever seen me race or anything like that. So I started talking to him in Wisconsin He got me partnered up with uh, Ken Wills at 5K Motorsports. And actually the first race, like it kind of blew my mind because I'd only ever raced like quarter miles or three-eighths miles track. I'd never really been anything big. And I went to lacrosse for the first time at like 18, 19, 20 years old. I can't remember. And, dude, I was mind-blown. Like that place I know is only a half mile, but I couldn't believe like just the sheer size. And like at the time it was the ASA late model series. And I want to say there was like 50 or 60 late models, you know, that showed up for that deal. I think Landon Castle had won that race but that was like 2006, right? So that was my first venture out of California and racing kind of out of my comfort zone more or less. So I was able to go run there. Um, we qualified top five or six and ran top five or six, most of the race. And then I went with those guys again, down to the all American 400 to race the, the crate motor, I guess the prolate portion of the 400. And we qualified third, I think, and ran first for a while ended up second or third, but that kind of kickstarted me, and then uh, Scott Pfeiffer is a gentleman who's the one that got me out there and hooked up with those guys. He um, he came down with ALS not long after that, and for a couple of years that we we raced um, and trying we raced trying to raise awareness for ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease, um, and help my buddy out. And then unfortunately, Scott Pfeiffer eventually lost his battle with ALS, but um, his family became my family right there in Fort Atkinson. And then um, they got me paired up, and I eventually met the, the, Sh- the Jason Shuler. I met the Woods. Um, the Woods became like family, helped me out for a year or so, um, racing around the Cambridge area. or Their shop was out of the Cambridge area, the Sun Prairie area. But uh, got to kind of be well-versed in that area for at least two or three years before I moved back to California. But um, some great, great memories and some great, great people I got to meet up there.
0: That is awesome stuff. I had no clue that you had that many connections up here. That's awesome to hear, and I think a lot of our fans will love that as well. Talk about your experience, too, with the big races. How do the other big races that you've run prepared you for running the Snowball Derby? I don't
1: think there's anything that really prepares you for the Derby. I have You know, it's like it's just on a pedestal of its own. You know, it's like it's always the one stat that always blows my mind about the derby is you look at Bubba Pollard and he's run. I think he's run the derby 13, 14, 15 times. Right. This guy's won everything there is known to mankind in the southeast except for the derby. And it just goes to show like the amount of preparation you can only prepare so much and have the right amount of speed and the right amount of opportunities open up for you. But it just comes down to just having everything click. Right. It's such a long event from Wednesday through Sunday so many different variables involved and stuff. It's just one of those, I always seem cliche when I say it, but when I'm preparing for the Derby and everybody asks, it's like, I just take it a day at a time. I try to get through practice without wrecking the car. You try to get through tech. Then you got to get through the main practice come come Thursday, and there's just so much chaos on and off the track, and guys doing mock runs, and guys doing long runs, and guys to avoid, and guys to dodge, and things here, and things there. And the pit roads super tight and narrow. It's just a a crazy week, so you just kind of got to put together a day at a time and make yourself the best you can, and hopefully come Friday night, which is the most stressful night in auto racing, the Snowball Derby qualifying day, you know, you just hope that you can lock yourself into the biggest show in the country and put yourself in in a position on Sunday to be competitive and towards the front when it counts.
2: Yeah, well, (laughs) you got the pole last year, so that took a little stress off last year. It
1: It did, man. Cole Butcher was right there, but yeah, we, we fired off with the pole, and we were able to lead a few laps. We didn't have the best race car in the field, but we ran top five all day and then just got caught up in a weird, unfortunate circumstance at the end that that made us go to the back for uh, not the best of reasons. But nonetheless, we were in, we were competitive when it counted. Um, the cars just didn't fall the way they should have.
0: Is there a track that you raced at that compares closely to – uh, five Flake Speedway or a combination of tracks that you've been through?
1: Nah, no, it's kind of the it's more or less the surface that really separates Pensacola. The shape is unique to its own. Irwindale, California, similar like in 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 a distant a distant version of it. It's not really the same, but that's the closest thing we have out west that compares to the big sweeping corners here. You know, but at the, at the same time, you can't emulate the lack of grip this place has. Like it literally is made out of like smooth rocks you know and the humidity changes the grip level by the minute you know and from one day to the next to go from being on top of the world on thursday to chasing your tail on friday and you didn't change a damn thing on the race car so it's it's just a facility that keeps you guessing the entire time and it just kind of have to you have to have the cards fall a certain way you know and a lot of that stuff's just out of your control and you're just hoping it works out in your favor what's the key to getting around five flags you know, it's actually the, it's been nice here lately. So Byron Campbell is, uh, we were in the Prolates the last couple years. years. Um, but the pro running the Prolate along with the super, you know, it's a little more hectic, but not running here as much. Um, it makes it nice because Pensacola is a line dependent racetrack. Like there is an optimal line and you can tell when you hit it behind the wheel, you're like, that is it. But it is so hard to do lap after lap. So to be able to get Extra seat time in the pro late. I know it's a different driving style a little bit different deal, but to have both divisions or run both divisions and get the extra seat time behind the wheel, I think is a benefit because this place is line dependent and there's a there's a secret spot to it. It's just hard to hard to hit it every lap without some extra seat time.
2: So you run a you run a Fury chassis. Is that the car that you had at Nashville? Did, did you bend that up or are you using that no, car down oh, no in yeah. Ben uh,
0: we don't know yet. That's
1: been the that's been the yeah. It's been the up in the air thing. Mike and I, my crew chief, we've gone back and forth for a couple of weeks. We got everything. Fury hooked us up, sent us a rear clip out to California, but we don't have any jigs out there. So I did my best uh, to cut off the old clip and put the new one on there. You know, obviously you have a lot of pickup points and stuff that are real important. So we did our best in our homework to try to get everything hooked up back the way it was. But at the end of the day, we don't know if it's going to have any speed or not because we got three cars at the shop. You know, we ran one in Vegas last weekend, which stayed home. And then we got two out here um, that we brought with us to try, so we have two cars that we really like, one of them being the one from Nashville, so we're hoping we're fingers crossed that it's as fast as
0: it is here as it was there. How do you uh, typically prepare for the Snowball Derby? Do you tend to talk about strategy with your team leading up to it? Do you have uh, an idea going into it? How do you typically handle that situation?
1: Oh, uh, we usually just kind of take it a day at a time. We we just try to get through. The first thing is try to find speed, right? You want to we, we're supposed to test tomorrow and Monday down here. So it's uh we kind of just leave everything open-ended until we kind of get through the first couple days. So we'll get to the test, find out where we think we are or where the cars are at where you know just as far as our speed goes and then we'll kind of just deduce it from there you know and we kind of focus like right now our focus is on qualifying right the derby qualifying is is the you know is our end goal currently and then once we get to qualifying then we'll focus on the race and then at the same time we also got to focus on the prolate race on saturday so it's you really do just kind of got to digest it a day at a time to keep your sanity
0: how do you set up the car do you tend to set it up a little tighter thinking it'll loosen up as the race goes on or do you typically set it up loose or thinking it'll fall right into your car oh um,
1: neither really you kind of try to find a balance the spools have become mandatory you know we used to be able to run limited slip differentials and stuff but since the spools have become mandatory it's been a learning curve for us to figure out what we need short run versus long run because the tires tend to change throughout heat cycles and stuff so um mike keen's done an awesome job in the shop all year and you know, it's kind of one of those things you just you, you look for a feel, you know, and with the Fury chassis and stuff, they're really responsive. So it doesn't take much to go from one side of the spectrum to the other. So Mike does a good job of finding out what changes do what. And, you know, you just got to apply those changes when it counts. We have like three, three sets of tires for the 300 laps. So we'll have to at some point in time, we got two stops to figure out what we need to make changes or make things better. So make small little, bit, little adjustments here and there to try to compliment what the car is doing at the time
2: so you got the pole last year you know so you know how to get around there where what what is the best groove around there do you like being right <laughs> on the line or do you run a little lane up or are you up against the wall uh how do you get around there so, so in turn is,
1: one it's kind of deceiving the the wall the pit lane wall ends right in the middle of one and two so you want to be like when you come off the fence into one you're almost damn near clipping your left front fender on that wall and then you'll roll the white line through one and two but it's super bumpy like you're it's like rough through there. Like you're almost going over some rolling rolling pumps or rolling bumps. And then as you're getting back to the gas off of two, you got a couple more bumps that kind of upset the car as you're getting back to the gas. And then you got drainage ditch, you drive through down the back straightaway when you're up too high. And then getting down to three, you got to drive three completely different than you do one and two. And you almost got a diamond three and four a little bit. And you got to come off just hugging the, the turn four wall, just right off the bottom. So it's a unique place, man. It just It keeps you guessing because when you're on stickers, man, you can just hammer down. But as soon as the tires wear out, you just like a handful. No matter where you're at, you're just trying to keep keep the thing underneath you.
0: What separates the Snowball derby from the other races? You
1: know, it's just become the marquee event in the United States. Um, you know, I think in it – I was telling some of the other day, it's the track and the facility and stuff. It's just got a lot of history, but – you know, I think what makes an event's the people, you know, you look at Tim and Pat Bryant um, and Steve Stokes and the entire faculty or facility or you know, the people that run that facility, you know, they're just, they're great people and they've done a great job of making people feel welcome. And they've done a good job of making the race bigger and better every year. And then having speed 51s involvement, speed 51.com having them come in and, and amplify and make everything as big as it really is, you know, and kind of put it on a big stage and, You know, it's kind of the everybody's end of the season. Like everybody's done racing. So now you got everybody going, hey, I want to go to the Derby and race against the best guys in the country. That's kind of the end end year, end game for the season, right? So it's kind of become just a, a race of races, per se, that, you know, is just the top of everybody's list, especially to go out and try to win the Tom Dawson trophy.
2: Hey, one more question. Uh, You're up here in Wisconsin, and and it says that you don't like cheese. Have you ever tried? Have have you ever tried Wisconsin cheese?
1: Yeah, I did. Uh, One of one of the girls I dated there, she had a dairy farm. Um, I just, I never, I never could get into it. Ironically, I lived in California, which is kind of a cheese state, and then you got the Wisconsin, which is the real cheese state, right? And you know, like the Culver, like always, I always got like the Culver's frozen custard, which is hard to find a good custard. Outside of Wisconsin, it really is. Like Culver's is, is the creme de la creme of ice cream, right, or custard. But yep. I just could never quite get the cheese deal down. It's just one of those things. I always got shunned for it, but I survived I survive my beatings.
2: <laughs> good stuff, man. Hey, wishing you good luck, man. Good, keep an eye on you, man. So uh, best, best of luck to you. I appreciate it, guys. You guys have a good night.
0: Thanks, Derek. I yeah, appreciate you. it. Thanks. Good luck. What an awesome interview from Derek Thorne. Uh, Mark, I know you and I had some other questions that we want to ask as well. We hope to connect with him after, get to know a little bit more of his story and really dive deep into it. But what an awesome guy to talk to.
2: Also, I started looking at his resume, and holy smokes, he rips up the Southwest down there. And uh, his his winning percentage ever since he's been on asphalt is 68%. That's top fives. Top fives, he's sixty eight percent. So you just kind of like look at that statistic. So yeah, he's a he's a pretty hot shoe out there, Southwest man. Uh, he's a definitely a contender for the for the snowball.
0: Absolutely, definitely one to watch. No matter where he goes, on his stat sheet it says he has ninety eight wins. That may. Be fewer than what he actually has depending on if they updated it from win to win or not but i mean that itself just says what type yeah, of yeah he, he started
2: 11 races this year he's got seven wins and nine of them are top fives just like wow wherever he goes he's uh he's up there so and uh so yeah he's definitely going to be a contender and he was the pole sitter last year so yep it'll be interesting to see uh see what he does but uh Nice guy, man. Sounds like he talks uh, pretty good. And he's hung around Wisconsin. You know, he was mentioning some people's names and, and that, that we recognize. So he's been around the area around here. Don't like, don't like cheese though.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I was so surprised to hear him say that he has so many connections up here. In fact, I commented on it in the interview that you just heard, uh, I, I was blown away when he started saying this and knew the city names and all this stuff. It it blew me
2: away. Yeah, I didn't know he ran at Oktoberfest. I knew he was at Milwaukee before. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's got some connections around this way. And so maybe when we talk to him later after the derby, you know, we'll say, hey, why don't you come on up this way? And, you know, this sure is a long way from home. But if you want some good competition, he should come up this way and throw his hat in the ring in a race up here.
0: Yeah, we'll have to try to get some more competition up for the bigger races like that for sure. Again, we can't thank Derek Thorne enough for his time. Good luck to him and his team down there. And, Mark, thank you again. This may be the cap on the interview series here, so thank you again. And we'll put out our
2: Snowball Derby preview podcast out here within the next few days. Yep, it's been fun, man. This has been a good stuff Uh so... Yeah, we're uh, we're less than a week away man. We're going to be racing at Pensacola so looking forward to it. Yes sir. We'll talk to you soon. All right man. See you later.